My name is Rick Renner, and I'm in the city of Jerusalem in front of the Tower of David. And the reason the Tower of David is important is because part of it was constructed with stones that remain from Herod's palace in Jerusalem. Talking about Herod the Great. Well, Herod the Great was dead by the time we get to the Easter story, but he had three sons. And one of them's name was Herod Antipas, and he was the ruler of Galilee. That's important to the Easter story. Jesus was across town being tried by Pilate. And Pilate just happened to hear that Jesus was from Galilee. And when Pilate heard that, he said, wonderful. That means I don't have to deal with him. Hey, Herod's in town over at his palace. Since Herod is in charge of Galilee, I'm going to send this Galilean over to Herod for Herod to deal with him. And Herod was so excited. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 23, verse 8, that Herod for many seasons had wanted to meet Jesus. He had heard about Jesus and his power all of his life. And when Jesus was finally standing in front of Herod, Herod said to Jesus, do a miracle for me. Now I'm going to read to you what happened, and I'm reading to you directly from my book called Paid in Full and an In-Depth Look at the Divining Moments of Christ's Character. Listen to what it says. Luke 29.3 tells us Jesus didn't work miracles on demand for Herod. As a result of his inaction, the following verse states, the chief priests, the scribes who were standing by, vehemently began to accuse him. It means when Jesus performed no miracle for Herod and the scribes and the elders, they seized the moment to start screaming and yelling uncontrollably. The word vehemently is a Greek word meaning at full pitch, at full volume, strenuously or vigorously. In other words, these religious leaders weren't just slightly raising their voices. They were what we might call screaming their heads off. They were so angry. In the moments that followed, Jesus took the full brunt of this wicked ruler's wrath. But in the midst of all that Jesus suffered, he remained quiet and held himself calm. Now listen to this. I'm sure you've been in situations when you've been railed at because of someone who was angry that you didn't meet their demands. Can you think of a time when something like this happened to you? How did you respond? Did you yell and scream back? Or did you remain quiet and controlled as Jesus did that day before Herod. Life will occasionally take you through difficult places, and those times you may discover that people are disappointed at you, and as a result, they react in a very ugly way. When you find yourself in such a situation, call out to the Lord. He's been there. He understands, and He will help you know how you need to respond. How did Jesus respond? when Herod got angry with him, and how should you respond to people's physical and verbal abuse toward you when you seem to fail their expectations? That's what I want to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. As I told you in the introduction to today's program, Today we're going to be looking at the events that occurred in Herod's palace in the city of Jerusalem. I filmed the introduction at the Tower of David. The Tower of David is rather new, but it's constructed with the stones from Herod's palace. Herod's palace stood right where the Tower of David is, and that is where the events took place when Jesus was judged by Herod Antipas 
and the men of war that were with him, and the scribes, and the elders, and the religious leaders. That's where Jesus was really abused by them. And today we're going to see what kind of abuse Jesus took at the hands of Herod Antipas and those that were with him. And it is just remarkable. Don't miss this. And by the way, if you have a prayer request, please let us know how to pray for you. Our ministry is a ministry of prayer. We have people that are committed to pray for you. That is their job. They pray all day long for people who correspond with us. And if you have a prayer need, we want to pray for you. We're very sincere. And the moment we hear from you, we will go to prayer on your behalf. But I want to remind you also that I'm offering you my series called Unknown Facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's 25 parts based on these programs. I don't know about you, but I have just loved these programs. In this series, there is also a wonderful study guide with all the Greek words and the definitions, the points, the principles, questions for you to reflect on, which are very helpful, especially as we approach the Easter season. This will be great for your personal use, or if you're discipling someone, or in the context of a Bible study group. Order yours today. We're also offering you my book called Paid in Full, an in-depth look at the defining moments of Christ's passion. This is a book you need in your spiritual library. It will really help you to understand what Jesus went through. You will appreciate what Jesus did for you so much more after you read the pages of this book. The back of the book says a revolutionary look at the story you thought you knew. You see, I always thought I had heard the whole story till I begin to dig deeper. But in this book, paid in full, it is a riveting account of Jesus' final hours and takes you on a journey to learn what you've never heard before. Order this today. But today we're going to pick up where we left off in the last program in Herod's palace in Jerusalem. We've already seen that Jesus had been judged by Pilate but Pilate found a loophole to get out of the mess. Pilate did not want to deal with the Jesus issue. It was politically not good for him. And when he heard that Jesus was from Galilee, he was delighted because that was Herod's jurisdiction. And in that particular moment, Herod was in the city of Jerusalem, in his palace on the other side of Jerusalem. He was there to celebrate the Passover with the Jews. So Pilate said, hip, hip, hooray. I don't have to deal with this. And he packed Jesus up and sent Jesus across town to Herod Antipas. And we covered in the last program who was Herod Antipas. If you didn't hear that, go back to the archive, listen to it, because it will really help you understand who was that particular Herod. But today we're going to pick up where we left off in the last program in Luke 23, verse 8, where the Bible describes how excited Herod was to finally see Jesus. And in Luke 23, verse 8, the Bible says, And when Herod saw Jesus, that word saw, the Greek word hareo, I'm going to give it to you again. It means to see. It means to behold. It describes a euphoric excitement to finally see something you've wanted to see, to delightfully view, to look at, to examine, to scrutinize. When Jesus stood before Herod, Herod was elated. He beheld him. He took time to really look at the man that was standing in front of him. And the Bible tells us he was exceeding glad. That phrase exceeding glad means extreme excitement. It describes a person that is euphoric or ecstatic about something. Why was he so ecstatic? Well, listen to what Luke tells us in chapter 23, verse 8. For he was desirous to see him of a long season because he had heard many things of him, that is, of Jesus. 
When the Bible says he was desirous, it is the Greek word thalo, a very familiar word which means to will or to wish, but the construction used in this phrase intensifies the wish, making it a very strong wish or a very strong desire. And when the Bible says he had desired it for a long season, the Greek word means for many years, for a long time, or for many, many seasons. He had desired to see Jesus for a long, long time because of the many things he had heard of him. We covered this in the last program. What did he hear about Jesus? And I covered five points, and very quickly I'm going to go through them again. Number one, he heard about Jesus' supernatural birth. Of course, he was Herod Antipas. He was from the Herod family. His father was Herod the Great, who was the Herod at the time of Jesus' birth. He had heard stories of Jesus' miraculous birth. Number two, he had heard about the wise men or the kings from the east who came to acknowledge Jesus at his birth. That was legendary. The kings would come from the east to celebrate the birth of a child. It was legendary. And the Herods had all heard the story. Number three, he had heard about his father's attempt, Herod the Great, to kill Jesus. And in his attempt to kill Jesus, he killed all the babies in Bethlehem and Jesus escaped. That was legendary because very few people escaped the murderous threats of Herod the Great. But this baby, if you can imagine a baby, escaped Herod's murderous threats. And the Herod family all knew this story. Number four, they had heard how the baby Jesus with his family had slipped out of Israel into Egypt and stayed there until the time of Herod's death. They had heard this story. And in fact, when you really study history, you find that Herod the Great was so furious they escaped. He even sent spies into Egypt to search out the Holy Family. And that's why it's called the flight into Egypt. The whole time they were in Egypt, they kept moving because Herod was still pursuing Jesus in an attempt to kill him. But Jesus escaped and all the Herods knew this story. It was amazing that anybody could escape the wrath of their father. And finally, number five, they had heard about Jesus' miracles and about his healing ministry. Jesus' ministry was legendary during his own lifetime. Everyone knew about the miracles and the healings that Jesus was performing, and even Herod Antipas had heard about them, especially Herod Antipas, because his jurisdiction was Galilee, and most of Jesus' miraculous ministry happened in Galilee. So all the Herods had heard of Jesus, but no Herod had ever met Jesus. Herod Antipas was the first. He was the first Herod to really lay his eyes on Jesus. And when Jesus stood in front of Herod Antipas, the Bible tells us he was exceeding glad. The Greek word means euphoric, absolutely ecstatic. It describes extreme excitement. And he had hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. The word hoped being the Greek word elpizo, which describes a very strong hope of earnest expectation. Herod really had an expectation that he was going to see something miraculous. And in fact, the Bible says he'd hoped to see a miracle, the Greek word simeon. Listen to this. This word miracle is the Greek word which describes a sign, a mark, or some kind of token that verifies or authenticates an alleged report. We heard so many things about Jesus. Now he wanted to see it himself. He wanted to see something miraculous that would authenticate all the alleged reports he had heard about Jesus' miraculous ministry. 
But Luke chapter 23, verse 9 says Jesus refused to perform a miracle on demand. He refused to do it. He just refused. And when Jesus refused, Herod and the men of war that were with him and the religious leaders became infuriated. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 23, verse 10, And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Vehemently, the Greek word eutonos, I'm going to read to you from my notes. It means at full pitch, at full volume, strenuously or vigorously. This isn't slightly raising voices. This is screaming at full volume in an uncontrolled manner. Or they were screaming their heads off like maniacs. They lost control. And the Bible says they accused him from the Greek word kategoreo, which means to accuse with evidence, to bring legal charges against, or to accuse before a judge. They turned Hilate's, uh, Herod's palace into a courtroom where they begin to judge Jesus and say, hey, this is no miracle worker. This is just a charlatan. They begin to bring charges against Jesus because he refused to perform a miracle on demand. They verbally abused him. They were screaming their heads off like maniacs out of control. Herod's palace was suddenly filled with a booing, hissing, mocking, laughing mob directing all of their venom toward Jesus. And that's not the end. Luke 23 verse 11 says, And Herod and his men of war, notice it's not just the men of war, but Herod's in the, in the picture too, so now Herod, along with his men of war, they begin to do something. They set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. What does the Bible mean when it says Herod and his men of war? Well, men of war is a Greek word stratiuma, which describes a small detachment of Roman soldiers, a small detachment of Roman soldiers, and most scholars suggest that these were Herod's personal bodyguards. Highly armed, highly trained, and by the way, probably very educated. So here was Herod, who is a king. Herod has the rulership of Galilee. This is a man in political power, a man in government. This is a man who knows how to be dignified. He knows how to behave. He's now with his bodyguards who are highly armed and highly educated. But notice how they behave. The Bible says they set him at naught. Even though they're well-trained, even though they're educated, these are men who should behave in a very sophisticated way. The Bible says they set him, that's Jesus, at naught. Set at naught is from the Greek word exutheneo, which usually means to demolish something or to reduce something to rubble. It's a horrible word. When the Bible says they set Jesus at naught, the Greek word exutheneo means to make one out to be nothing. They literally begin to scream at Jesus and say, you're nothing to us, exutheneo. They set him at naught. It means to make light of, to belittle, to disdain, to disregard, to despise, or to treat with maliciousness and contempt. They begin to set him at naught, literally trying to demolish him verbally with their words. Jesus had already endured spitting, slapping, beating. He'd already been shipped from one authority figure to another authority figure, and now he's in front of Herod Antipas. 
Herod who began the event so excited to see Jesus and now he's lost control. He's screaming out of control like a maniac. The Greek word you told us at full pitch, at full volume with the men of war that are with him and all the religious leaders, all of them disintegrated into total depravity as they tried to verbally destroy Jesus. That's what the Bible means when it says they set him at naught. It's amazing. And that's not the end of the story. Verse 11 says, And Herod with his men of war, here they are, these sophisticated, intelligent, educated men, now behaving like animals. They set him at naught. They verbally tried to demolish him. That's what it means. And then Luke says they mocked him. The word mocked is a Greek word impaizo, the same word which was used earlier to describe the men who held Jesus before he was tried by Pilate. The same word used to describe the religious leaders and now it's used to describe Herod along with his bodyguards. Herod, a king, with his sophisticated bodyguards now begin to act terrible. They're already acting terrible. They've lost control of their emotions. They're yelling, they're screaming, but now their behavior disintegrates even more as they begin to mock Jesus, the Greek word impaizo. This word impaizo means to play a game. It was often used for playing a game with children or amusing a crowd by impersonating someone in a silly and exaggerated way. This word might be used in a game of charades, charades, when someone intends to comically portray someone or even to make fun of, to ridicule, or to mock someone, or to impersonate someone in a silly and exaggerated way, and we know exactly what it means. They had heard that Jesus was a miracle worker, but Jesus would not perform a miracle on demand. They lose control of themselves. They all begin yelling, screaming like maniacs, and then they begin acting. They begin to play a game of charades. One of them falls on the ground, pretending like he's fallen under the power of God. Another one begins to open his eyes big and scream, I can see, I can see. Another one says, oh, I've been healed. Another says, oh, my ear has been opened. And they begin acting like people that have been healed by the ministry of Jesus. They're playing a game of charades in front of Jesus. They are mocking the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, comically trying to play a game of charades in front of him. It's another step in their denigrating of him, their attempt to demolish him and to make him out to be nothing in their presence. This is just amazing to me. And Luke 23 verse 11 continues. Listen to what it says next. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. When the Bible says they arrayed him, this word arrayed is a Greek word parabolo. The word peri means around. The word balo means to cast. When you put the two words together, it literally means they threw around him or draped around him a garment as wrapping a garment around one's shoulders. So now they're putting a garment around Jesus, parabolo. They're completely wrapping him, draping him in a garment. What kind of garment are they wrapping him in? Well, the Bible tells us it was a gorgeous robe. Gorgeous robe is a Greek word which specifically describes a garment made of sumptuous, brightly colored, resplendent materials. It was very often used to describe the clothing of a king or of a politician. Where in the world would these men of war get that kind of garment? Well, they were in Herod's palace. 
that kind of garment would have been in that palace. Well, here is Jesus, who allegedly is the king of the Jews. Well, Herod Antipas doesn't like that because he has kingly power. For him, this is a rival king. He's asked Jesus to perform a miracle, which Jesus has refused to do. Now they've all emotionally lost control. Demons that are working in them are fully energized as they begin verbally assaulting Jesus, trying to set him in awe, to verbally demolish him, to denigrate him, to bring him to nothing in their presence. Then they begin mocking him, playing a game of charades with him, and somebody says, hey, I know what to do. Let's get a garment and wrap it around him. And when they wrapped that garment around Jesus, which was either the garment of a king or the garment of a politician, it was their way of mocking him because he allegedly was the king of the kings. And they sent him back to Pilate. And when Jesus arrived back in Pilate's court, Pilate again has the problem. He thought he was rid of the problem, and here comes Jesus. He has landed with this problem again. And when Herod sent Jesus back to Pilate, he sent him clothed in this regal robe. And since this garment was usually worn by a candidate running for office, probably that's how it was used, it was the equivalent of saying, this is no king. It's only another pretender who thinks he's running for some kind of office. Horrible abuse. Horrible abuse. Jesus had committed no crime. For three years he had given his life. For three years he had served his people. John 1.11 says he came unto his own and his own received him not. Now what is totally amazing to me Herod and the men of war that were with him, and the scribes and the elders and the religious leaders who were mocking him and making fun of the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory. Even in their vile treatment of him, Jesus nonetheless died. And when Jesus died on the cross, he even died for them. Jesus even died for those that so horribly, verbally abused him and made fun of him. Wow. You see, Jesus' love had no limitations. Very often, we have limitations on our love. We need to pray for the love of God to operate in us, that we will even love those who do wrong to us. Has anyone done wrong to you? If anybody has done wrong to you and you felt their abuse, Jesus understands. If anybody's tried to put you down or demolish you verbally, Jesus really understands. And Jesus will give you the supernatural ability to love those who've done wrong to you. We're out of time, but I'm going to be back in just a moment. And I'm going to pray for you. From the courtyard of Pilate to the hill of Calvary, every step Jesus took on that Good Friday, he had you in mind. The Bible says Jesus died so our debt could be paid in full. In his book, Paid in Full, Rick Renner guides you through the details of Jesus' final hours on earth. In Paid in Full, you'll discover that this striking narrative of love and redemption is much more than the story taught in Sunday school. 
This powerful book can be yours for just $15 when you call or go online today. You can also get unknown facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Available in digital or physical formats. Starting at just $40, you can discover the power of the cross and the plan to forgive mankind of sin like never before. Don't miss this special offer, paid in full, and unknown facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Call now or go to renner.org. My name is Joe Renner coming to you from Moscow, Russia. And I want to tell you how your support is impacting thousands of people right here in Moscow. All around the world, people are living longer, and many elderly people in Moscow are left helpless and lonely. Loneliness is a terrible thing. No one should be left to die in loneliness. But because of your financial support, we're able to reach these wonderful people. Each week, we hold a concert for this great generation. After the concert, we invite these people to stay for a Bible study where they hear about Christ. Through these events, thousands of people have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior in the sunset years of their lives. Now, not only are they finding community, overcoming their loneliness, but they're finding hope. They're finding Jesus. Would you consider joining us as a partner today? With your support, we're able to reach even more of these precious people. No one should die lonely. More importantly, no one should die without the opportunity to know Jesus. With your support, we're able to reach these people Right from your home, you can help us help others by becoming a partner and a part of the solution. Please call us or go online to winner.org. Your generous support makes a difference. Please call or go online right now. Today we've been looking at the events that took place in Herod's palace in Jerusalem when Jesus finally stood before Herod Antipas. And we saw in Luke chapter 23, verse 11, and Herod with his men of war set him at naught, the Greek word exuthenea, which means they tried to demolish him. They tried to verbally ruin him, destroy him as they assaulted him. And the Bible says that Herod and his men of war and the religious leaders, they began screaming vehemently, the Greek word eutonos, which means they lost control of themselves and began screaming like crazy maniacs, releasing all of their venom against the Son of God, and Jesus just sat there and took it. He wasn't afraid of them, and he wasn't affected by their words, because regardless of this horrible situation, he knew that ultimately God was in control. He was on the way to the cross to finish his assignment, and the peace of God was ruling in Jesus in spite of the circumstances around him. That same peace of God will operate in you regardless of what you're surrounded with. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the ruling, dominating peace of God. And we thank you for the love of God working in us to love those who are doing wrong to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm speaking to you from my series called Unknown Facts About the Death, Burial, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's 25 parts. comes with a wonderful study guide. I want you to order it. I believe it will make a difference in your understanding about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're also offering you my book called Paid in Full, an in-depth look at the defining moments of Christ's passion. 
Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says where the word of a king is, there's power. And it's really true that where God's word is, it releases power. So let God's word work in your life today and it will release power in your life. And I'll see you in the next program. Rick Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 